good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. All right, that's my cue. Good to be with you on a penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM here on this last day of summer, last full day of summer anyway, at a high near 90 today with a chance of a thunderstorm to close it out. And then it gets a lot cooler over the next few days. Tomorrow's high 68, so a high today near 90 and a high tomorrow near 70. So a 20-degree drop basically. In the forecast over the next couple of days as we enter fall. Great to have you with us. Hope you're having a great day here today on this Wednesday, 21st day of September of the year 2022. 217-356-9397 is the phone number. That's been doing that for 70 years, taking phone calls. You can email us. That's a little more recent. Talk at WDWS.com. And what's become... Very popular way, of course, to contribute is through the text line, sponsored by Castle Heating and Cooling, and you can join us that way too, 217-351-5357. So what's happening out there? Uh, Muhammad Seymour teachers and support staff in the school district, apparently with a tentative agreement that reached uh, late last night, early this morning. So that's good news there in Muhammad if uh, everything goes through as expected. Story on the Champaign County Balloon Festival coming up here locally. Big uh, Centennial Central Swim Meet. That's featured in the uh, News Gazette today. Of course, it is the day before the Illinois football game, and uh, we have uh, OSF sponsor our Illini Fridays. We'll do that today because it's the day before the game, even though it's only Wednesday during the week. So everybody's uh, football clock is a little off because of the uh, Thursday night game at 7.30 against Chattanooga, and that will affect us uh, here today as well. But uh, if you want to jump in here on the open line at the beginning, you can certainly do that. A little later today, we'll have uh, Patrick Rouse join us. Champaign Central is going to play their game, of course, on Saturday. Uh, will not be Urbana. They've got a different opponent. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, Barry Hauser, Ron Gunther. Kent Brown a little bit. Uh, Ron Gunther, one of 15 going into the Illinois Athletics Hall of Fame coming up this weekend. They've got some events with that, so we'll talk about that too. By the way, a lot of you have been asking about uh, who can come on and talk about the uh, Safety Act and the uh, bonds and bail and everything else that's going to change on January 1. Well, uh, Judge Ford is in there today Former Judge Ford here in Champaign County, he addresses it. Had some other judges that have weighed in on that. Coming up on October the 6th, we'll have a show where we have Scott Bennett in the first hour, the state senator. 
and Julia Reitz, the state's attorney, in the second hour on October 6th to uh, kind of dig into the weeds on all of this. So you can look forward to that. Judge uh, Jason Baum as well on the 5th of October. So that'll work well. And if you're looking to dig into that a little bit, also want to touch on at some point here, and we're working on getting the the right guests for this to talk about uh, the Medicare situation with Aetna and uh, state employees and so forth when it comes to Medicare and that. So we're trying to look into that a little bit, too, as we go. So 217-356-9397 is the number. Text line 217-351-5357. Email talk at DWS, WDWS.com. And near the end of the show, we'll give away a couple of tickets for the ball game tomorrow night against Chattanooga. 9-10, this time out, and then we'll get it rolling here on a Wednesday. Last day of summer on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Nine thirteen. Penny for your thoughts. Headed for a high of eighty nine, and then a lot cooler tomorrow. Keeping an eye on the uh, potential, well, the big tropical storm, I guess, that is in the Gulf already, or in the uh, Caribbean, I guess, is the appropriate uh, area. So keep an eye on that as well. All right, nine thirteen, and we go to the phones. Tiny with us here. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I'm. Uh... Glad to be on the penny. I, uh, it's a great place to let everybody know what's going on in this country because our our news media has let us down terribly. The first one is the no veil. You know, we're just now starting to hear about this. It's, uh, it's terrible. No veil means these criminals are all going to be running up and down the, my street out here maybe. Who knows where they're going to be? This is all about getting a vote. This big fat hog judge governor of ours, he, he's scared to death he's going to lose, so he's got to get the black vote. And if he don't, why, well, he's not going to get in. And but that's, a, that's about all. I'm, I'm really disappointed in the, in, the, in the press not letting us know quite some time ago what was going on here. And uh, now we, we're beginning to uh, get something in the paper and starting to talk about it, and I'm glad of it. The yep. next thing is inflation, mm-hmm. you know. Joe Biden, he just kind of, he didn't snicker because he's getting too old to snicker. He just he just kind of, he thought, he poo-pooed it when they mentioned inflation. And here we are, uh, uh, the highest we've been in 50 years. That that's that's on record. That everybody knows that. All you got to do is go to the store to find it out. And our border, he's. I'm talking about Biden now. He's 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 absolutely, undoubtedly, no question, the biggest idiot that ever happened in that White House. He's a here. He has got a, an open border. Four votes. It's exactly what it's for. Democrat votes, and they're coming in here. Just well, I heard one guy say yesterday since he's been in, there's been five million. 
Now, I heard yesterday that there's been over 2 million this year, so that's just this year. I, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I've heard on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, no, there are, across, there are really big numbers. You're no, there's no doubt. And all you got to do, and a lot of people say, well, that's fake news. Well, fake my baloney. Uh, they got it on TV every day. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of them in groups coming across the border. Oh yeah, El Paso's yeah. El Paso's overrun right now. They've got yeah people camped out all over the streets and now this is this is all Biden. He won't do a thing about it. He's ignoring this killing of the kids with fentanyl. This is I know two kids that have been not lately, but that have been killed by fentanyl. Now it's now it's a it, it, unbelievable and they've colored him up to look like candy now biden didn't do that but the the mexicans or the chinese or that uh, talk about the chinese that stupid idiot sold and they might have give it to him china six million gallons of crude oil here we are you know and we need our gasoline's so and so. He he just he he can't do anything every day. That can you imagine taking right out of our emergency oil fund and the amount of oil we've got that's been built up? Trump built it up with cheap gasoline, and he's just about deleted it. And this guy just keeps on rolling and rolling and rolling. And then our crime rate in this country and in Champaign-Urbana. Just look at the newspaper, the difference in the length of crime that's going on in Champaign-Urbana. It's, it's, it's just terrible. That's a, that's a direct reflection on our great leader. Uh, it can't be any, because it's all over the United States. It's not just down to Sydney or of course, Sydney don't have any problems to speak of. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I mentioned Sydney. I'm just trying to mention. <laughs> You're probably thinking ice cream. Well, in Sydney, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that keeps up. You yeah. can't beat it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a nice summer place to go and relax and meet people, and uh, got always good products all the time. And the only thing they don't do anymore that I can find, probably they do it on some days. Is they used to, back when I was a kid, lemon custard was the greatest ice cream in the world. Absolutely. Did you ever have any? I've had lemon. Oh, yeah. I enjoy lemon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Good stuff. anyway. Yeah. All right, sir. Well, well thank- we ended up on a good note. Good, good lemon custard ice cream. There you go. Thank Thanks you, sir. Thanks for letting me. Yeah, I'll see you. You bet. Thank you. All right, 919 at DWS. Now, some people are saying that. Uh, while and people have accused the Democrats of saying, "Hey, you want open borders because you want votes." Now, what's what some polls are showing is that the Hispanic vote is starting to trend Republican because the Hispanics in Texas and other states are like, you know, we don't want this. We don't want our cities overrun with people coming from everywhere, and we don't know their background and we don't know much about them. Um, and so a lot of polls show that the Hispanic vote is very much starting to go Republican, which is, um, I think, the opposite of what 
if you're a Democrat and you were for open borders and, and if you were vote counting and you were saying, oh, they will get a lot of uh, Hispanic votes, that hasn't necessarily, at least polls show that's not necessarily been the case. Because I don't care what, you know, where you're from or who you are, uh, you want some kind of control, something at the border. And nobody will come out and just say, yeah, we're for open borders, but that's basically what they've got. That's been the end result. But politically, they can't say that. 920 at News Talk 1400, DWS, MX Electric, owner of MX Electric, of course, is our man Max, 217-359-7293. They were out and did a little work on my uh, dad's place, had an old light near the barn that needed to be rewired. It had been rewired several times, I guess, over the years. And uh, make sure all everything was working there. So I did some work out there. And they can do things like that for you. Easy jobs, hard jobs, in-between jobs, things you don't want to deal with, things you're not sure what to deal with. Be careful when dealing with electricity, of course. If you don't know what you're doing, that can be dangerous. But Max does know what he's doing, and he and his team will do a great job for you. So don't be embarrassed if it's a little job you think, I, I don't know what to do with this light switch. Let Max figure it out for you. Or you need to mount a TV or a microwave or anything electrical, outdoor, indoor, generator maybe you need that thinking about the winter or maybe you had some uh, power outages from the storm that went through the other night mx electric 217-359-7293 vladimir putin making some more threats today that's been a big news on uh, cbs the special master on the trump documents wants to move quickly as they try to uh, there'll be a lot of legal back and forth on this for the next several months. I don't think you're going to have an imminent anything happen. Will there be charges that come out of all of this? That remains to be seen. That's being debated. Also uh, affecting the economy potentially is an interest rate announcement today. Most experts on that side uh, of things, on the economic side, say they expect, uh, I think, a three-quarter, is it .75 basis points or whatever it is they call it. Paul Rudy would understand it, but... Uh, interest rate announcement expected today, and uh, maybe higher interest rates as well. I'm trying to think of what I paid for gas the other day. Was it three, three fifty something? I saw a sign for three forty one this morning, but is that going to go back up here or not? We'll see. But uh, everybody keeping an eye on inflation. Some news today. Uh, FedEx, of course, came out last week said they've seen a downturn in. What they, what people are buying, the amount they're buying. Corporate America is starting to brace for a recession. FedEx stunned Wall Street last week with a massive earnings warning and tepid outlook for the global economy. Investors remain nervous about the health of the railroad business despite the recent agreement that avoided a strike there. Shares of the top rail operators, Union Pacific, CSX, and Norfolk Southern, down sharply this year. But uh, FedEx, not the only company sounding the recession alarm bell. The CEO of high-end furnishings retailer RH, Restoration Hardware, said anybody who thinks we're not in a recession is crazy. Added the housing markets in a downturn that is just getting started. Chief financial officer at Best Buy said at the end of August he expects sales growth will continue to slow. The company did avoid using the term recession. Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein Brands, the CEO there, noted in the company's late August earnings that 
High gas prices and other inflationary pressures begin to affect consumer discretionary spending. During the, sh- during the summer, says the shift was most pronounced for us in the middle income and value consumer in North America. So FedEx not the only ones saying, hey, their earnings could be down. And we'll find out more about that uh, from the um, folks that deliver those numbers as we go. Aggressive rate hikes by the Federal Reserve expected to continue, with the Fed likely raising rates sharply again this week, also stoking recession fears. So there you go. Some warnings, some uh, canary in the coal mine, as they say, about the economy. But I think a lot of us already living it. Usually takes the government uh, numbers folks to catch up. We're usually already living it before they find out about it, (laughs) is what I've found. All right, 925 at uh, DWS on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Back after this. Yeah, summer coming to an end. A little chillier tomorrow, at least cooler. Not chilly by any means. That's uh, coming up. But a high of 75 Saturday, which will be good for the central football game on Saturday. We'll talk to Patrick Rouse about that in a little bit. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. I found this headline. This is one of those no-kidding headlines. Administration student debt transfer could have unintended side effects. No kidding. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Fed set to raise rates by 0.75 points as inflation stings the economy. Soaring real yields pose fresh threat to the stock market. Mentioned the FedEx story. FedEx not the only company sounding the warning bell. Russia mobilizing army reserves to support Ukraine invasion. And four occupied Ukraine regions plan imminent votes on joining Russia. So that's uh, some of the headlines there. And there was an article in the uh, Tribune today talking about the uh, cash bail and all of that. And the uh, editorial said the purge isn't here, where they're just releasing criminals everywhere, but Illinois' cash bail ban still needs work, is what the Tribune says. They're saying that some of the campaign ads that are out there and some of the information out there is exaggerating what's going to happen on January 1st. But they say it does still need some work. And we'll have uh, State Senator Scott Bennett and Julia Reitz, Campaign County State's Attorney, on with us on October 6th. We'll do a back-to-back a one-two punch in a 9 and 10 a.m. hour on all of this. And um, the retired judge Jeff Ford weighed in on it uh, today as well. And there's some technical. I've been with some judges in the last couple of days, and um, it's complicated. There's a lot to explain and kind of work through. And uh, some stuff that's out there is either not totally true or needs some clarification. So we'll get some of that as we get to into the month of October and get that done. Seal Otnis joins me, see, tomorrow. We'll talk about what's going to happen with the royal family going forward now that the uh, queen 
has uh, passed away and has been uh, buried. And uh, the country there uh, mourning her, of course, in Great Britain. And they had the funeral, uh, all of that, this week. So we'll talk to Seal Otnes about all of that coming up on Thursday. And uh, Friday as well, Ann Prislin will join us from the League of Women Voters. We get ready to uh, start voting early here pretty soon. What in the next within the next ten days, I guess. So that'll be happening. And so we'll be into October. We'll have a flashback Friday, the last day of September, a week from this Friday. Not this Friday, but the next Friday. All right, nine thirty-one. News headlines coming up here from uh, CBS. I see Aaron Judge hit number sixty last night. Number sixty. And that's a big number. That's a lot of home runs. Albert Pujols did not homer last night. He's still a couple away from 700. And I've, and I've contended, now maybe there's no scientific fact to it, but I've contended that when a major league player, major league baseball player, is about to get to 3,000 hits or about to get to a big milestone, the closer you get to it, the harder it gets. <laughs> I, I've just always contended that. And he's been in a on an unbelievable tear, Pujols I'm talking about, in the last uh, few weeks. But, man, you start to get close to that number, it gets a little tougher, and the pressure starts to mount, and you're running out of games. It uh, it will mount. So hopefully you can get that done here soon. They got a long, they're on a long road trip right now, the Cardinals are, closing in on clinching the uh, National League Central. All right, 932, our news headlines brought to you by our friends at First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. That would be at the end of the Civil War. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. And here is CBS with the latest. Patrick Rouse will join us here in a few minutes. We'll get some details on the Central football game coming up on Saturday. If you plan to go to that or if you're in that neighborhood, what's going to happen as far as that goes? They got the uh, school district approval. They got the city council approval. I think it was 5-3 on the vote. So they will play an opponent, not Urbana, but someone else, I think from Wheaton. Uh, They'll be on uh, Saturday. We'll talk about that with Patrick here in a moment. A couple of texts here. It says the FBI and the corrupt mainstream media will do whatever it takes to drag the Democrats across the finish line because they know they won't be prosecuted, a listener says. And it says if you have Scott Bennett on, you need to have the other side, Chapin Rose. Well, we'll have Chapin on about that and some other stuff, I think, here in the next uh, few weeks as well. But uh, folks have been asking uh, to have some politicians on and uh, you know who supported the Safety Act or worked on it or were involved in the discussion of some of the particulars, what's in it, what's not in it. And Scott Bennett is one of those. And so we've got Scott on, along with uh, Julia Reitz, uh, coming up on October 6th. So there you go. Yeah, but Chapin can come on. We'll have him on at some point on that and other stuff. Uh, 9.36, and Steve's with us. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I uh, was interested in listening to your commentary about the Aaron Judge home run and the Pujols' effort to reach that home run plateau. There were a couple of home runs hit in the uh, major leagues last night that I thought your listeners might enjoy their connection back to the University of Illinois, and that is Dansby Swanson, the shortstop at Atlanta, hit his 21st, 
and Brian Reynolds, the center fielder for the Pirates, hit his 24th. And they were both part of that Vanderbilt team that played in the Super Regional that Illinois hosted in 2015. I remember that. You know, it's uh, interesting. And and actually, in that Illinois Super Regional, the relief pitcher for Vanderbilt in Monday night's game was a young freshman named Kyle Wright from Huntsville, who's now with the Atlanta Braves. And Kyle Wright leads the major leagues in victories right now with 19. (laughs) Isn't that something? Yeah, that Vanderbilt well, team. That it, Vanderbilt team was really good. Well, well, and the Illinois team was really good too. Yeah, absolutely. Illinois, by the way, did a, a great job in in hosting that super regional. You know, as as a, a first time effort, and it looked like the Illinois program was going to be, you know, somewhat more established once they had reached that plateau. But I'm I'm sure that the folks who you know came out to support the Illini those couple of games, a Saturday night game and a Monday afternoon game. Um, would enjoy knowing that, you know, the opportunity to say, gee, I remember, you know, seeing these kids win. Mm. And now, now that, you know, all three of those have been become pretty well-established stars in the major league programs. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, I forget how many games in a row Illinois won that year. Um, oh, they, oh, yeah. yeah it was, was a like bunch. 20-something. <laughs> or a Vanderbilt alum, so I can't speak well <laughs> to that. Yeah. No, and I knew, uh, well, I didn't know, but I think Brian Snitker, who's the man, of course, he's from around here, uh, the manager of the Braves. Um, I was doing minor league baseball in Oklahoma City. We would play Richmond, and I think he was the pretty young manager out there. Yeah, the careers are fun to follow. They are, for sure. Hey, very good, Steve. Anyway. Good stuff. I, I appreciate your show when I get into town. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. I appreciate you listening. I was watching something last night, speaking of sports. I was watching 30 for 30, if you ever see those on ESPN. They're very well done. But it was interesting. They went back to the 1983 uh, draft, NFL draft. And this is when ESPN was, you know, still, still, what, four years old at the time, I guess. And they started carrying. They were looking for anything to throw on TV. And they put on the 1983 draft, you know, with the commissioner and, of course, it not nearly as polished or as uh, extravagant as it is now. But it was interesting because that was the draft that John Elway went first and, of course, refused to sign with the Colts and threatened to play baseball for the Yankees and wound up being traded uh, for a couple of players from Denver and wound up, of course, playing for the Broncos. And uh, we all know the Hall of Fame career he had from there. And then Dan Marino from Pitt, of course, that uh, a lot of teams just passed on. And uh, he fell all the way down to near the bottom of the first round. And, of course, Miami wound up with him, the Miami Dolphins, and he became a Hall of Famer. And Tony Eason was in that class from Illinois, of course, uh, taken by the Patriots. And uh, I think Ken O'Brien was another quarterback, and Todd Blackledge out of Penn State was in that first round. All of those guys, O'Brien, Eason, Blackledge, all picked ahead of Marino. But just the whole back and forth of the draft that year in 1983, they call that the year of the quarterback. And uh, that, was, that, was, that was pretty cool to follow. I got, I got engrossed in that. that was, uh, and just the technology and the, the way that they did the draft and how they presented it on TV. And <laughs> it was some early days of ESPN. That was, that was fun. Anyway, check that out, 30 for 30. A 941, Patrick Rouse up next. We'll talk Central Football on Saturday. 
Kent Brown, Barry Hauser a little after 10. Ron Gunther, former AD, Hall of Famer to be here at Illinois. We'll talk to him as well. If you have any thoughts along the way or things you want to send in, you can certainly do that on A Penny for Your Thoughts. It's easy to listen to us anywhere. Download the News Gazette app and click on Listen Live to News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM. We're on a penny for your thoughts. 9.44. Headed for a high on this last day of summer near 90. And, of course, we have a very pleasant weather, though, coming up this weekend. And we have a football game at McKinley Field to talk about. Patrick Rouse is with us. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Appreciate you uh, having me. Yeah. By the way, uh, we were talking, uh, of course, uh, Illinois football plays tomorrow night. Now, as a football player, would that... You know, what, what, do you, what does that do to your schedule? You know, it's kind of funny. We were talking about this yesterday. When we won the Big Ten when I was a senior in 2001, we played on Thanksgiving Day, and that was, the, the I think, the only game in Memorial Stadium history on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do remember that being a kind of a strange situation, preparing for a Thursday game. So, But these guys, they're so used to playing at 11 in the morning or 7 at night or Friday or Thursday, and I, I, know, I know Coach will have them ready to go tomorrow yeah. night. And it's a, it's not, it's a short week, but it's really not because they had the bye week anyway. Yeah, I mean, so I, I personally love the way the schedule has fallen to have uh, a bye week and then have a long prep going into Wisconsin. I think uh, the scheduling gods may have done us a favor this time. Well, we've got a game at McKinley Field on Saturday. We do, yeah. yeah. It's been a long time coming, but yes, we are going to play a football game at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. Well, you had to get a lot done to get there uh, between the school district, which was very helpful, and, yes. uh, of course, the city council. Yeah, I can't, I can't say enough about the staffs of uh, both Unit 4 and the city. Um, I was involved on the periphery because the Booster Club, we've got some responsibilities for the game on Saturday, and I was just beyond impressed with how well the city staff and the Unit 4 staff collaborated to to put a plan together that was not only good for the boys to have this game, but really a a workable plan for the neighborhood. And then you're working. The initial genesis of all this was to play Urbana in a game at McKinley Field. And then Urbana, of course, announced that they weren't going to play varsity football. Yeah, and And, and kudos to the athletic director at Central High School, uh, Jane Stillman. Uh, So we're playing Wheaton St. Francis. They're going to bust down. Um, from up north on Saturday and a really good opponent. And uh, for her to be able to find anybody on such short notice was a really a, a miraculous job and, and really commend her for being able to find an opponent. So now it's set to go. So uh, walk me through what's going to happen Saturday. How many people can you have? Parking, tickets? Yeah, sure. So, so. Um, capacity is going to be limited to 700 people, and we've reserved 200 seats for the folks from Wheaton. And uh, parking... At McKinley Field and the Mellon Building will be reserved for those needing accessible parking and for the Wheaton folks. So I think we're going to send them some some tags so they'll know that they can park there. Uh, but we're going to have main parking is going to be at Central High School. The Booster Club is going to host a little pregame tailgate. We're going to have Hickory River sandwiches out there, soft drinks, have some music playing to encourage folks to come to Central. And then the shuttle buses will start at 1130, and they'll run continuously right up until kickoff, up until 2 o'clock. The shuttle buses will pause at 2 o'clock and then resume at 245. Okay. So uh, – Central High School will be the gathering spot on Saturday, and then tickets are on sale. Um, obviously, with capacity limits, we have to pre-sell all the tickets. So you can contact uh, Jane Stillman at Central High School. If anybody doesn't know how to get a hold of her, send me an email at McKinleyFieldGame at gmail.com. If you know my phone number, text me, call me, whatever, and I'll help uh, move that along to get, and, get tickets. And the game is at what time? 1 p.m. 1 kickoff. 1 p.m., okay. Yep. Okay. And, uh, boy, this is going to be exciting. 
It will be. I mean, it's been uh, more than 55 years since a varsity football game was played at that location, and and there's a ton of history there. Going back, we've um, kind of put together some collages of old photos of of Coach Stewart and teams from the 40s, and we've actually got a big picture of when McKinley Field was built, and there's nothing but cornfields around it. So uh, it's uh, it's got a lot of history there, and it's it's a great opportunity for these boys to to have an opportunity to play a game at their place. Patrick Rouse is with us for a few minutes, talking about the Champagne Central game coming up one o'clock on Saturday. We'll run through all of the information he gave again, where to meet, uh, tailgate tickets, and all of that. But uh, I know this is a one game deal. It is a one shot deal, and uh, I know that's what you guys talked to the neighborhood about. The kids did a great job going out and they did canvassing I mean, the was, neighborhood. It was such a wonderful deal to see these young people get involved in the democratic process, and I think it was eye opening for a lot of them. They, the night, the first night we went to the city council, I think we had thirty kids show up, and they sat there in their seats for three hours, and they were um, engaged and, and really involved in the process, and, and as they should have been. I mean, this is about them and uh, their opportunity to play. So I was extremely pleased that Coach Turner got his guys. Um, involved in in the process. Since all of this started, we lost Lee Kabuti, yeah, and we his were, wife as well. Yeah, uh, so it, it's worked out. The stars have kind of lined on the backside of it. Um, we're going to do some special things to honor the history of of Champagne Sports. Um, obviously, we'll make mention of Coach Kabuti, Coach Kabuti on on Saturday. But the 1982 class of Central High School is having their 40th reunion yeah, this weekend. Yeah. And, you know, Central High School is, is the first high school program in America to win 500 football games and 1,000 basketball games. Really? And this 1981 team that graduated in 1982 was the team that won the 500th football game. So Todd Pete, who played in the NFL, was a member of that squad. And, and uh, I've heard rumors that he might be back. But we're going to have about 30, 35 guys that were involved in the football program. They're going to be recognized at halftime. They're going to form a little legacy tunnel for the boys to run out of on Saturday. So it really should be a, a special day and a, and a, uh, a nice nod to the history of, mm-hmm. of high school sports in Champaign. 949, we'll continue with more here in just a moment. Let me get a break in. We'll continue with Patrick Rouse after this on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Back on a penny for your thoughts, 9.52. Kent Brown and Barry Hauser coming up a little bit after the news here. We're talking to Patrick Rouse, uh, who was one of the uh, folks from Champaign Central who uh, was pushing and uh, initiated this idea of playing a game. As it turned out at first, it was going to be Urbana. It winds up being uh, Wheaton St. Francis will be in town. One o'clock kickoff in McKinley Field. Playing there, you said, for the first time in 55 years? Something like that. Yeah, I think something. it's somewhere close to 55. Okay. Um, you know, the Annex opened, Centennial opened in 68, and I think they started playing games there in 67 maybe. So it's been kind of a hit and miss to find that date, but mm-hmm. I think it's been 55-ish years. All right, John is with us. How you doing, John? Pretty good. Pretty good. How about you, Brett? Good. Good, good. I just want to commend Pat on a, a job well done. Hey, Pat, how you doing? I'm good, John, buddy. How are you? I can't complain. We miss Poe Boys, don't we? I sure do, man. <laughs> we, I wish you were there. You could have brought the sandwiches over. <laughs> you did a great job. I really appreciate it, keeping history alive in Champaign. Well, thanks, I'd John. Like I appreciate it. I you guys on that. Hope you're doing well, hey, you buddy. A... Oh, I'm doing good. You know, my, all my children, they graduated from uh, Central, so they think Central is the best thing in the world. So that's the way it goes. But I appreciate the job you guys did. Thanks, buddy. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you, John. Uh, see you here. This, uh, I guess this is Central High School 8240th Reunion Itinerary. Uh, Thursday from the U of I tailgate location, Lot 31, Grove, uh, Grove, uh, Grange Grove entrance, food and drinks. 
Noon golf outing, Savoy Orange Course, deli sandwiches, chips and coolers, 2.30 pavilion party. Man, they're partying a lot. They got Meet it going <laughs> Meet and greet, finger food, and then, of course, CHS renovation tour, picnic tailgate to follow the north parking lot. Uh, Patrick mentioned the Hickory River barbecue, uh, all of that stuff in there. Uh, school bus shuttle, former football members, cheerleaders, pepettes, and band members to McKinley Field to be honored at halftime as Patrick Menston. So anyway, there you go. Should be 40-year reunion. Should be a big weekend. <laughs> All right, let's uh, just cover again real quick, uh, you know, the game time, what's happening before the game. Sure. So the the pregame tailgate will start at 1130 um, in the north parking lot at Central High School. Uh, Hickory River barbecue will be served there. Um, So everybody's welcome to come. And the shuttle buses will start at 1130 as well, and they'll run continuously up until 2 o'clock. And then they'll just continue to run that loop. So if you want to leave a little bit earlier or whatever, there's just going to be a window between 2 and 245 where those buses are not running. But other than that, uh, it'll just run two buses on a continuous loop from Central High School to McKinley mm. Field. Well, I know you spent a lot of time on this, and you and a lot of folks. A lot of worked folks. really hard on yeah. this. It, it's, yeah. uh, but it's a labor of love, and, and uh, it was it was for these boys to have this opportunity, and, and they could not be more thrilled for it. Coach seems pretty fired up about it. He is. He yeah. is. Uh, everybody <laughs> is. It's uh, we think we've come up with a really good plan that is. Um, great for the boys, but also great for the folks in the neighborhood who did have legitimate concerns in this, and we really tried to work hard to put a plan together that was beneficial for all parties. 217-356-9397. If you have any quick questions uh, or not, uh, you can send those in. Uh, Let's see here. I guess the uh, CHS 82 class are also going to Oktoberfest. (laughs) 6 p.m. Neal Street Blues downtown food trays music and dancing man after 40 years I hope they can years, handle all this partying <laughs> they're not going to recover quite like they used to well congratulations again on all this well thanks appreciate and it that's going to be fun yep thank you on, I, I, uh, I, I promise this will be the last time I'll be on here talking about this I, I saw a funny sign this morning you know all the signs were everywhere from both sides of the deal. There's a guy that lives over by Hessel Park that made his own sign that says, I could not care less about Champaign Central football, <laughs> but do whatever you guys want to do, which I thought was fantastic. That is fantastic. Saw you the other night, by the way, at Mike Small's event. Yeah, he puts Olympia on a Fields. great show. It wow. was a, it's unbelievable support for that program um, mm-hmm. to see all the folks there and what a, what a job that Mike has done. Um, He's the gold standard for building a golf program north of the Mason-Dixon line, that's for sure. Coming up in the next hour, scheduled to visit with Ron Gunther, yeah, I'm who's going, going into going the, the Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame this weekend. Yeah. And, uh, well-deserved. You know, um, Coach Gunther was uh, AD when I was at Illinois and have known him a very long time. And uh, there's nobody loves the University of Illinois more than he does and uh, has committed as much of their life to it as he has and uh, very, very deserving um, to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you mentioned being part of that 2001 championship team you stay in touch we do you know we guys. had our we had our 20th reunion last year so yeah, I, right. I come from a little bit of experience having these reunions and trying to act like you're 20 again it doesn't work real well so <laughs> well that was a great group those guys great Brandon lloyd kurt kittner special group of guys from I mean, top to bottom i mean you talk about a group of guys that were all pulling in one direction to get uh, get a goal achieved and that was that group it's a special group of guys i talk to a lot of them on a regular basis and a lot of them come back and uh Hope, hope we're around for our 25th reunion to do that again. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, thanks, Patrick. Brian, thank you. Good luck. Appreciate it. All right, 9.57, a quick break. We'll wrap it up for this hour. Got a note here, and uh, we've talked about Thursday. This will be the first ever Thursday night game 
at Memorial Stadium. Now, Patrick mentioned they played on Thanksgiving Day, of course, which was a Thursday. Beat Northwestern for the 2001 Big Ten Championship. Uh, Illinois played and beat Michigan State on a Thursday, November 28, 1963, to win the Big Ten and go to the Rose Bowl, Joan reminds us. There have been some Thursday games, not a Thursday night game, though, at Memorial Stadium, and that's the, uh, that's the historic nature of this. And the first football game at McKinley Field coming up on Saturday at 1. Thanks to Patrick for coming in for that. We've got Kent Brown and Barry Hauser coming up here on a part of our Illini Friday presented by our friends at OSF. So we'll do that, and then we'll uh, schedule to talk to Ron Gunther, played at Illinois and was the AD here for many years, going into the Illinois Athletics Hall of Fame this weekend, part of a great class of 15. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock at the Tone. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts here on this Wednesday, last official day, full day of summer, headed for the fall. And temperatures kind of reflect that, a high of 89 today, and tomorrow's high, 68. All right, it is not Friday, but it's an Illini Friday, but it is Friday. It's Friday the day before the game. Mind. You better believe yeah, it. They've been, it they've been uh, two days ahead since <laughs> preparation started on this thing, so you can't talk to Coach Bielma without going into coach week. That's this right. Is how, that's how they schedule all their stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Yeah. Kent Brown is with us. Barry Hauser is with us. Hello. We found you. How Great are you doing? Great to be here. Hey, it's yeah. good to be back. Yeah. It's been a while. And it's Friday for you, it's too. It's Friday. Yeah. So how's it going with the band, the marching Illini? And, <laughs> it's hey, everything with the students is great. Yeah, everything with the students is great. We yeah. kind of had have have had some hiccups along the way with just things we can't really control, but we're we're making it work, and we're really excited for the game tomorrow and getting those last minute preparations in. So it's going to yeah. be great. Well, you had that first week. You had what COVID outbreak, uh, right? Yeah. Don't, don't remind oh, you. I know. Gosh, but, uh, thanks a lot, Brian. <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. But you made it through. We made it through. Yeah, yeah. We made it through. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that. We were still there at the game, and glad mm-hmm. we were glad we were able to be there and cheer the Illini on to victory. Yeah, it was so. weird though, not having it on the was field. Was really weird. You know, it was really weird. We were so close too, so <laughs> it's like we should just go do it. But you know, uh, we're, we're the we're the Illini, so uh, we were going to have kind of I I I Ni is what we would have seen. We didn't have enough people to spell out some of those things uh, that yeah. we typically see. So sure, yep, sure. Yep. But everybody's good now, and everyone's ready good to go. Yeah, yeah. for a seven thirty game, and Kent. Uh, as you've pointed out, and other people have pointed out, first time we've ever had a Thursday night game at Memorial Stadium. Now, we've played on Thursday. That's correct, yeah. You know, historically, uh, the we, we played a Thursday in Chicago back in the early 90s. It was uh, prior to the Thursday prior to Labor Day weekend. We played Washington State up at Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. We played a Thursday against Northwestern in 2001 to clinch the uh, Big Ten Championship that day. Uh, because that was the first year of the high school state championships, and we had to kind of finagle the, the schedule around a little bit, and Northwestern agreed to play on Thanksgiving Day. 
but this is the first Thursday night game we've had at Memorial Stadium. Uh, it's the first Thursday of a like a school week when school's in session. We've had Friday games uh, in the past, and those will continue in the future. But uh, you know, it really worked out well into the schedule this time because of the bye week. It allowed um, some extra recovery time from the Virginia game, and will allow for some extra prep time leading into Wisconsin. And so, um, and it's a very limited television schedule, and so it gives uh, Illinois football a real uh, national showcase uh, tomorrow night. So, yeah, you know, from a coaching and from a team standpoint, it's very positive. I know there's a lot of juggling, a lot of things that happen. You know, it's going to disrupt parking lots and school schedules and work schedules, and there's a lot of things that goes into it, and we appreciate everybody's uh support and and they're hopefully you know when they show up thursday night Mm -hmm. ready to go for a for a big game it's it's a it's an important game osf sponsors our illini fridays we're doing it on wednesday today although it's football friday so just keep that in mind the game is tomorrow (laughs) night i don't want to get confused but the game is thursday night at 7 30 and of course illinois and chattanooga first ever meeting um i know uh, last time we were on kent we talked about uh, the changes that were made uh, to getting into the stadium and so forth, those seem to go well from game one. Yeah, to game two, yeah. You know, there were a few uh, less fans for Virginia, but the uh, system that we that was put in place to help uh, maybe divide up fans with the bags and mm-hmm. uh, non bags and and uh, the the express lane uh, seemed to work really well. I looked I looked out there starting you know twenty minutes. You know, we're up above, and so you can kind of get a good sense. And it was straight through it was there was no hardly any weight at any at anything i mean for the express lines it was just basically show your ticket and walk right on through mm-hmm. and you know the concessions seemed to to certainly work better so uh i think the things the the effort that we put into that paid off and and worked well and so i think we all feel good about that and so let's do it again thursday night and, mm-hmm. and for the rest of the time i mean you know we learned a lot of lessons and a lot of it has to do with staffing uh, but we learned a lot of lessons that, uh, you know, we, we just got to be better prepared going into games like that. And it turned out on that day, uh, we were fortunate we were playing at 3 o'clock because at the 11 o'clock games nationwide, yeah. Minnesota, Purdue, <laughs> and others had the electronic ticket at like a national outage. That was a national outage. Yeah, yeah. The company that, that we all use, most of us use for mobile ticketing, uh, their system went down uh, Saturday morning. Ours got revived about an hour ahead of game time and so had minimal effect for the fans who hadn't downloaded their tickets so basically the reminder is download your tickets in advance so that they're on your in your wallet Mm -hmm. so you can easily pull them up Um, there was a workaround but it was a little bit more work to to get there but luckily we were we were on the front end of that our stuff got fixed about two o'clock but yeah those 11 11 a.m games on saturday were uh intense pressure mm-hmm. because they had to start letting people in that just basically yeah. you know i have a ticket you know okay go but go for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and, and so there were several schools that had to do that and so we we dodged that bullet yeah, for sure all right got a phone call here uh jr is with us how you doing jr hey i'm great brian uh i used to work at circle k and uh, i met the band leader and he what a what a great guy he is <laughs> well he is <laughs> yes he is uh i want to know if he's won any awards he won any awards? Yeah, for being you know top leader and just being great, <laughs> Barry. There, awards maybe, for being great. Maybe maybe the village idiot award. That <laughs> no. may be the what I'm up. <laughs> Jr. It's great to hear from you, my friend. Yeah, uh, I, I had to quit Circle K because of my nerve damage and all that stuff. It was just uh, 
Uh, 40 years, it's enough at work. It's time to relax. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for all your support. Definitely appreciate oh, it. Yeah. You guys have a great day. All right. Hey, very good, Jay. Now, Barry, Barry probably won't brag on himself, but we all know what a great job he does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our marching Illini is one of the, the premier bands in the country, and uh, we would not want anyone else running our band marching band program mm-hmm. than Barry Hauser. So right. I know Barry is very humble, and he won't do it, but I'll say it since I'm sitting right across You're from him with the game. But, <laughs> hey, we all see, you know, those of us who sometimes get to go to road games and get to see mm-hmm. other bands and – and things like that know how uh, great Barry does and with his with the program and how great he is to work with and um, he has mm-hmm. a the, he sees the bigger picture and he knows that we're all working together and and uh, we greatly appreciate everything he does for yep, us absolutely well, enthusiasm is there for sure the contagions uh, contagion con, it is contagious is enthusiasm is what I'm trying to say uh, let's see here. I had a question. Uh, which band is playing Thursday night? I, as I'm assuming Grange Grove is what they're talking about. Oh, right? yeah. You know? Well, that's a good question. I don't we'll, uh, um, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. We'll text Cassie real quick <laughs> yeah. and see if she knows. I was going to say, well, the marching line are playing Thursday night. Yeah, we, know yeah, that. we sure are. <laughs> and, well, so what are you? Uh, what is your theme and yeah, so forth? Yeah, our, our theme um, is we've got a guest group, the Boston Brass, coming in, and we're doing a big, a big medley of Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Okay. So it should be really great. That's going to follow, of course, the, the great Hall of Fame um, recognition that's taking place at the beginning of halftime. And so we will perform right after that. But, yeah, it'll, it should be really fantastic, a uh, really great group that's coming in that's nationally known in the music circles. So it will be a different experience for a lot of our fans. For those that were around for the Canadian Brass, they came in a number of years ago, mm-hmm. kind of a similar thing, uh, but some recognizable tunes for sure, Spinning Wheel and all those great classics from Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Mm. So how far in advance do you have to arrange for someone like that. Uh, yeah, that... this this has kind of been in the works probably for about a year and a half, two years okay. to get that, you know, on the calendar, number one, <laughs> and then just working through those logistics of music and all those things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And you had a lot of bands last game, right? That was yeah, the, yeah, it was Band Day. It was you know, yeah. great mm-hmm. that we were able to get that back on the, on the books. And mm-hmm. we had about 1,200 students from across the state. So, yeah, it was really, really great to be able to put that out there mm-hmm. and have the band out there on the field again. I've had questions, and I don't know how to answer it, uh, questions about which direction the marching line I play. <laughs> yes. You get that? I mean, <laughs> are you supposed to play one way or the other? Do you try to do both, or what, well, what do you try it, to do? It's a really great question. I think a lot of this, and Kent knows a lot more about this, you know, when we look at the history of Memorial Stadium, kind of what the home side used to be, you know, the, the marching line I used to play towards those east stands, um, that was the primary focus there. That's where the student, the block I was. That's where well, the block I was. The president's box. The president's box. Yeah. But, you know, when the renovation took place in 2008, the press box, TV. And so a lot of this, uh, fortunately or unfortunately for our fans, we kind of flipped some things. Now, the great part, pregame is actually a two-sided show. So we play both to the east and the west and then mm-hmm. sometimes to the north as well and sometimes to the south. Um, a lot of our halftime shows, though, are geared towards the west stands primarily because of some TV things. A lot of the TV networks have said, if you want any TV time, we need to make sure that you're facing the correct direction. So, you know, we try and throw a little love. We did that last last game, the Virginia game. We did a, a piece that we threw that way towards the east stand. So we're going to continue to be aware of that and try and get more of our east stand folks engaged with mm-hmm. that. So uh, said, hi, guys. <laughs> You'll laugh about this. What's up with the ref calling out the band last game? <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> I probably should say what's up with the band director that's yeah. having the band play too loud. Uh, maybe have a little reputation of this maybe in the Big Ten, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, the ref was doing his job, and honestly, I thought did that very tactfully and tastefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've got a new crop of students in the mix, and so a lot of them saw, you know, you use your hands quite a bit with the band, and I cut the band off, which is this universal sign to stop playing, and majority of them saw that. The other half did not. not. And <laughs> and the other part of that is, you know, home field advantage. Yeah. So, you know, they're down there in that in that end zone. We want to rattle them a little bit. You know, Virginia's yeah. coach talked about that a little bit in his presser as well <laughs> before that all took place. So we just had to follow through with that. And yeah. uh, so we do have to be careful yeah. with that. That though, was an right? ACC officiating yeah. crew, by the way. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the rule is, right, Barry, uh, to, to shut off the band when the quarterback is over center or in yep. position to take a snap. And so yep. you watch that very closely. We all know that. But you know, yeah. we also appreciate you know pushing the boundary every once in a while <laughs> yeah. right. so, Push the as, as long yeah. as it doesn't resign now some folks yeah. out there think that we actually got up but we did not get a penalty it no. did not impact us right it was just was a nice little friendly warning and we played <laughs> yeah. nice the rest of the game that's so. right because you don't want to affect the you know <laughs> no, have the coach have the no, coach mad no, at you no not at all so, and we've yeah, been listen we've been at other schools where the music stays on well past what barry does and, and it it is uh, an issue, you know. Yeah. I, I can tell you uh, a school in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know. Is there a Big Ten school still in New <laughs> yeah, Jersey? Some, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the music State University was New Jersey, way yeah. <laughs> past the when the when the quarterback yeah. was in line and ready to go, and yeah. and it was one of those things. You're like, how in the world are they? You know, and it's a it is an issue uh, at a couple other yeah. places. So mm-hmm. yeah. The fortunate or unfortunate part about that right now, that is like the uh, the rave right now on TikTok for at least Marching Illini. That's, that's become the most popular TikTok that's out there right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember growing <laughs> up, and Kent might remember this too, uh, at the assembly hall, the band would play sometimes while the game was going on. Yeah. There would, there would be, while they were throwing the ball around yeah. the court, do you remember that? I, 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 I guess I don't specifically. You know, in the NBA, that's the common deal. That's yeah. what yeah. they do. And I, I personally don't like that. Uh, yeah. at the, having I mean, it was like much, soft, but it was like, you know, I remember that. Yeah. One of the games in the 70s, and that was going on. So I, I guess they allowed it then. All right. Uh, let's see here. Tim has a question. How you doing, Tim? Hey. Good. Hey, Barry. Um, where are you going to go for your away trip for the Big Ten? And who's coming here for the Big Ten? Yeah, yeah, great question. Thank you, Tim. Um, yeah, we, we have some folks coming in. Uh, we've got Purdue that's going to be joining us for our final home game on November 12th. And then, of course, our alumni band that will be in for October 15th. So there'll be a good batch there. Our, our road trip game this year, we've chosen to head to the big house. Uh, so we'll be headed to the mm-hmm. University of Michigan for that uh what is that, November 19th? 19th yeah, yeah, November 19th game. Uh, we'll actually head into Ann Arbor that Friday. We'll spend some time with the Michigan Marching Band. We're going to do a pretty uh, comprehensive, collaborative halftime show with them. Uh, so uh, should be a really great time. Um, you know, there's some moments where you think about we probably should have taken the band to Indiana. It's just it gets difficult, and part of it is also how each stadium treats you as well. Uh, so that varies from from school to school, and so we think we've got a pretty decent setup. We're working through some ticket things with the University of Michigan now for the band placement. But uh, yeah, that's our that's our road trip for this year. Ten twenty three, visiting with Barry Hauser with the Marching Illini, Kent Brown, of course, with the DIA, and we're talking about the game tomorrow night, seven thirty against Chattanooga. Steve's up next. How you doing, Steve? Hey, good morning, guys. Enjoying the conversation. But the question I got is, 
why does the band have to quit playing, but the crowd can be as loud as it wants when the quarterback <laughs> Because we can control the band, and we can't control yeah. the crowd. And <laughs> right. so basically, you know, the, the fans can be as loud as they want, and it's what we all want when the other team has the ball, right? Uh, right. But as a you know, the people who administrate administrate the games and stuff know that the band is an area, and the music and what we put over the loudspeakers um, are things that we can control. And so uh, that's that's basically the reasoning. Yeah, mm. we we just hope, Steve, that we can prompt that crowd noise. So that's Correct. why we try, and that's one of the reasons you know push it up to the limit, block eye behind us. Once we do that, that big number nine that pulls through those big chords right there. We hope that that gets our fans going to, to keep that nice and loud, especially when the opposing team is on offense. So, Well, I think you're going to need it tomorrow night because I think people are underestimating Chattanooga. So make sure that band's loud and the crowd noise is loud. You bet. We will. We All right. will indeed. Thank you, Steve. I know Thanks, the Brian. thank you Thanks, appreciate you. you. Thank you. I uh, get the students. I know got tickets right. Free so students. yeah, we had a free uh, ticket giveaway this week uh, with for students and for uh, faculty and staff, and we had a number. It's like six thousand. I mean, we have a, a big number, eight thousand, close to eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. eight thousand mm-hmm. tickets given away, and so uh, that should help. Uh, that students are going to spill out of the north end into the. Uh, the first couple sections in the 100 uh, level there on the east side, mm-hmm. and I think we even flipped down to the other end uh, of the of the east side. So, you know, there's some logistic things, some parking stuff. Yeah, we that, need to talk about that. Yeah, because it is, you know, because of being a Thursday, there is there are some things. And so uh, there's some street closures. Kirby's going to close down at 11 a.m., so people who are going use Kirby going east and west uh, know that by 11 o'clock that's going to be closed down for the day. Um, First Street to Peabody, that'll close at 4 o'clock. So that goes up there past Arc, that stop sign down to Kirby Avenue. Yep. That'll be closed starting mm-hmm. at 4 o'clock. Uh, parking lots, um, the research park um, and grass will be available at 7 a.m., uh, but the paved lots will not be available until after 5. Lot 37, which is Arc, and Lot 43, the law library, will be available after 4 o'clock. Um, and then Lot 32, which is the big paved lot across the street from State Farm Center across First Street. Um, those will accept 37 and 43. Uh, those are those two that will be closed until 4 o'clock. Uh, th- you, can, you can park there if you want. The grass lots, uh, so the grass lots, you know, the, the lot 31 across the street from the stadium, across from Grange Grove, uh, the area over there at uh, Kirby or at Florida and 4th Street, mm-hmm. by those will be open at 7 a.m. So people okay. can, can get in and get their party set up and make it a long weekend uh party hardy on thursday mm-hmm. uh start their deal so uh it, there will be people there there have no mm-hmm. doubt about it and be ready mm-hmm. to go grange grove will be active i don't have the band still okay uh, who's gonna play but okay uh you know there'll grange, be somebody there yeah grange grove will be going we've got a lot of hall of famers coming back that's another yeah. thing this weekend yep. uh the hall of fame induction ceremony is friday night at uh, six o'clock uh we've got 15 members going in 10 living uh five deceased uh, the ten living members of the class are all uh, will be here. Uh, nine, I think, are going to be at the game on uh, Thursday night. And so I know Jeff George and, and the 89, 88, 89 era have a big group coming in. They'll be in <laughs> Grange Grove. Uh, we're expecting uh, Dick Buckus to be here. I know the Bears have a big event in Chicago, and so Dick is expected to be at the game Thursday. I don't. We're not doing anything really publicly mm-hmm. with him, but he'll be around. Yeah. Uh, Ron Gunther is going into this Hall of Fame class. The 88-89 is for Jeff George, right? He is his class, right. his group, and so they have a big group of teammates coming back. 
Uh, Ron Gunther, longtime AD, is going in. He's got a huge following coming in. Jim Delaney's going to be in town for it. Um, Jim Grabowski, among a lot of others, he's got a huge, oh, uh, yeah. a huge yeah. group. Yep. Ken Norman, who played, was a late great player in the late eighties. Yeah, the Snake. The Snake uh, is coming back. He'll be there uh, Friday night for the event. Uh, excited about seeing him. Uh, Becky Beach, local girl, Champagne has a mm-hmm. big group coming in. Love her teammates, and so always appreciate that. And you know, it's just a, it's a, the Hall of Fame every year is such a special event because we're recognizing the the great athletes and coaches and administrators who have been here since you know really basically since 1890 is when the athletic association yep. kind of went into uh existence baseball actually started in like 1879 so we've got a lot of years and we're still catching up on a lot of that that group and mm-hmm. um it should be a really nice event uh we moved the uh, the event friday night to six o'clock uh, because volleyball, we have home volleyball this weekend, so it starts at eight. So we pushed it back to eight, so we didn't have any overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got home volleyball on Saturday. Softball's got a, a home weekend. Uh, double, they got games on Saturday and Sunday against some junior college teams. Uh, I know baseball's got a fall schedule going uh, on campus, so we we have a lot of mm-hmm. stuff going on starting Thursday with the football uh, activities and everything going around with the tailgate and Grange Grove and. Uh, we'll we'll honor those Hall of Famers on the field at at halftime, along before Drew mm. Barry takes over. And right. so, yeah, we got a lot of it's a, a lot it's of a stuff, lot right? of activity. Uh, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun uh, seeing a lot of the, the folks mm-hmm. coming back. Now, if people want to attend the Hall of Fame event, it's free and uh, open to the free event. and open. Just show yeah, up. Yeah, the, the induction o'clock. the induction ceremony starts at six o'clock. You know, it, it will open. I think they'll open the State Farm Center around five. Um, you know, we don't get a huge crowd. You know, we'll have several hundred people there. Uh, but it, you know, you get a great seat. Uh, oh, you yeah. hear some of the, each person back has a short speech about their memories. I tell you, every year those the people who go in put some real thought into what they mm-hmm. say to the group and what it means to them. It's very, very, uh, mm-hmm. it's just terrific. And so, um, it's 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 a special. So it's free and open. Uh, you know, I, I hope uh, fans take advantage of that. You don't get you know some of these people. In front of you know, in front of some of these people to to listen to them speak and yeah. right. and see them and mm-hmm. and it, quite honestly, uh, they're always available uh, afterwards, like on the floor there at State Farm Center in front of the stage. They'll hang around and shake hands. It's a great opportunity to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Love watching you play. Love watching you compete yeah. back in the day. Uh, chance to do that. And so mm-hmm. um, anyway, it's 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 always a great event. We put there's a lot of uh, effort put in it to make it a really special absolutely for, the, for those for those folks. Ken Brown, Barry Hauser, with us for a couple more minutes. Uh, listener says, could you please repeat what time the parking lots are open? Grass then, lots are open at seven a.m. Okay. Um, the lots, the law lot, and the arc lot uh, will be at four okay. after four o'clock. Um, if you want to come early, you can use your pass for lot thirty-two, which is the big lot across the street from uh, from State Farm Center, across First Street from State Farm Center. Those those are open at seven a.m. Um, okay. and the State Farm Center lots will be open too. So there's uh, there's plenty of parking that mm-hmm. we have around mm-hmm. around the stadium. But you know our normal normal lots, will, most of them will be open at seven. But those ones that we share with campus for campus right. parking, uh, the, the lots down the Arc, the Law School, uh, the lots down in the inter- or the the research park yeah. that are used by people who are working during the day, mm-hmm. we won't get those till after four o'clock. Uh, are overnight campers still allowed in tailgate lots? 
the, the tailgate is it's it's the uh, is at lot thirty three. It's the one just south of uh, thirty two, which is okay. E4. So it's there. It's the south end of that big lot. We're kind of at the corner of First and uh, St. Mary's Road. So those are where the the campers go. Okay. Uh, let's see here. With all the talk about the when the band plays, what about the lady with the bulging eyes on the jumbotron while opposing kicker kicks a field goal? <laughs> <laughs> they say. I'm kind of surprised that's allowed. Anything to distract the other team. And tell Barry the next time the referee tells the band to stop playing that he should throw a challenge flag. <laughs> I'll just put that in my pocket. I'll have that ready. Yeah. Throw the red flag out. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so challenge the uh, the call. Well, it's a great weekend. And uh, thanks for coming in. We got Ron Gunther coming on in a few minutes. Awesome, that'll be so great. We'll talk uh, to Ron and- yeah, it's awesome. You know, he's uh, he means a lot to a lot of us uh, because of the leadership that he showed over 22 years as an AD. It's a pretty amazing time period that he he led us. And you know, you talked about the weather. You know, tomorrow is the first day of fall, and it's going to feel like it's, it's going to be football see, uh, football weather. So. You know, I told my wife, I said, make sure you have a jacket because yeah. you're going to get there and you're going to run. It's going to get chilly by the time the game's over. At 7.30 start, it's going to be a late night, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, for many of us, it'll be uh, Friday morning when we leave uh, the stadium. So, um, you know, people should be hopefully prepared for that. But it's awesome you're going to have Ron yeah. on. He's well, a terrific person. We well, all we all love Ron and, and what he did for a lot of us. So. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you, Appreciate Brian. It. Thank you. Ken Brown, Barry Hauser. ILL. And, ILL. Yeah, ILL. I and I. We 1033. Let's get a break in. Back with more in a moment. On a penny for your thoughts. 1041. As we work along here on this Illini Friday on a Wednesday. Over the uh, last uh, few weeks we've done this, we had Jay Lehman on, we had Britt Miller on, got a former Illini, longtime athletic director at the uh, University of Illinois, and a Hall of Famer to be, Ron Gunther, on the line. How you doing, Ron? I'm good, Brian. How are you guys? Hey, good to catch up with you. Congratulations, first of all. What an honor. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, uh, somewhat of a surprise, actually. I was uh, still working for the Big Ten when I got the call, and it seemed like it was months ago, and all of a sudden it's here. But uh, it's, a, it's a great honor, and I feel I'm very humbled by it. Well, you're going in with some great, uh, some great names as well. When you look down the the history of Illinois athletics, Harry Combs for one, Bill Burrell, Jeff George, all all sorts of women athletes, Becky Beach. I mean, that's a that's a that's a great list of Illini. It sure is. Um, I'm honored to be part of them. So, uh, tell people what you are doing for the Big Ten these days. Well, you know, uh, we made the changeover. Um, Kevin Warren replaced Jim Delaney, and um, Jim was the one that uh, gave me the opportunity as I was stepping out of the directorship uh, to work specifically uh, with the football coaches and the men's basketball coaches and anything else he wanted me to uh, um, to oversee. So um, I'm still doing it. And I uh, spend most of uh, Saturdays in the command center watching all the games, working with the coaches, but primarily uh, assisting uh, Bill Carolla with the officiating mm-hmm. and trying to be a liaison to the coaches. Yep. I know uh, he says you were a coach at one time in your career and played the game. Uh, I think that's a perfect fit for you, Ron. Uh, you can you communicate well with the coaches. You understand the, the jobs they have, the pressure they're under, and uh, you've been an AD as well, so I think that's a good fit. Yeah, well, it worked out great for me. I mean, I, I know the the game has changed somewhat, but it still takes 11 on the field. And, 
you know, the, the difference now is the recruiting, obviously, is, is a much bigger deal. Um, trying to trying to myself understand what they're going through with the portal and the NIL. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge we have. Uh, I think the coaches themselves have really handled it pretty well. Um, the officiating is the officiating. There's going to be mistakes. Like I continue to point out to the coaches, I mean, if you look at officiating as one piece of the game, how many mistakes did you make? How many mistakes the kids make? But it's a role that I really enjoy because I really enjoy working with the coaches and understand the uh, hardships that go on a call. They're getting paid a heck of a lot more than when I did it. But at the same time, um, it's it's a very challenging, hmm. very very challenging vocation. Ron Gunther is with us, former Illini, of course, uh, played on the offensive line uh, back there in those days at Illinois. On the offensive line, how big were you, Ron, when you were playing? Well, <laughs> you know, that's, that's an interesting question because uh, I, I actually ran track, wrestled. My weight was going up and down, and uh, I played linebacker. Uh, on defense, I could also play strong safety if, if needed be, and then I played offensive guard. And so, uh, how big was I? I came down here at, I want to think I was five nine. Um, Butkus, I think, moved me to five five eight for sure. But uh, I definitely, um, you know, when, when I talked, when you said how big was I, I was two hundred five. I've earned five pounds when mm. P.I. decided that that my sophomore year he wanted to play me at guard. Wow. So, Think about where we've come now. I mean, guys are routinely 330 now. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's just shocking. But, you know, remember the other thing, Brian, is we both we, we went both ways up until uh, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the people were a little bit smaller because we had a run. Uh, the conditioning was a little different. Um, it was we weren't to quite to platoon football yet. And um, I think that's where the interest came in from, from Illinois. Well, one of the uh, young men who played here at Illinois is now the athletic director, uh, Josh Whitman. Uh, Talk about the job he's done. A a guy I know that uh, when he finished playing, I I know he did some work as an intern, I think, around our football offices and then eventually law school and everything. Uh, Talk about what you've seen with him and his growth, I guess. Well, yeah, he's terrific. Um, You know, he he interned with us while he was going to law school. Mm -hmm. Think, Think about that. And um, he expressed interest from the very beginning and began an athletic director. And I said, you're smart. Why would you do this? <laughs> Why would you do this? Uh, he he, he uh, eventually went through Whitewater, and then you know the story, Wash You. But um, he's got, the reason he's got a good handle on it, he's got a great passion for Illinois and the fact that he played at a high level. And um, he's a smart guy. So um, I, 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 know, I know he, you know, like, like everybody, he puts a tremendous amount of energy into into his job, and um, I don't talk to him every week, but we have stayed in touch. And I'd like to help when when I can help, or if he's interested in in, in an opinion. But he um, he's very special because uh, Illinois is very special to him. Ron Gunther is with us, a former athletic director, of course, at Illinois all those years uh, up until 2011, from 1992 to 2011, inducted along with. Several others, uh, 14 others, into the uh, Illinois Athletics Hall of Fame on Friday night. Now, I understand, Ron, you're speaking to the team, right, the football team? Yeah, I made a mistake. I went to practice, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Brett, Brett, who I, I love the guy, and, you know, known each other a long time, uh, says, <laughs> says, I got something to ask you. And I said, what's that? He said, would you mind talking to the team? I said, yeah. I said it so fast that I, I probably didn't have a chance to think about it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
he asked me to do that, and it's uh, uh, obviously it's, uh, I'm having a little bit of fun with it because it's been a number of years since I did anything like that, but uh, I'm excited to do so. Mm-hmm. And an, uh, I guess yeah. an honorary captain, right? Honorary guest captain? I guess the, whatever the, goes with whatever goes. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> yeah, if I screw the speech up, I'm probably not going to be captain. Okay. Uh, of course, one of the big jobs you have as an AD is hiring coaches. I'm just looking down the list of folks that you hired over the years. Ron Turner, Ron Zook, Lon Kruger, Bill Self, Bruce Weber, Teresa Grantz, who just went into the Hall of Fame, Don Harden, Kevin Hamley, Craig Tiley, Brad Dancer, uh, Craig, of course, running the tennis in Australia now. I have some great names. That's uh, I think your hiring uh, speaks for itself on a lot of those coaches. Well, it's, <laughs> one of the things I did tell Josh, he said, that's how you, uh, that's how you really get evaluated. And, I, and I, I used to pride myself in having a list and encourage him to do the same thing. So that when and if you're making a move or the coach makes a move, you have somewhat of a, a, an idea as to where you want to go. But I was very fortunate to bring some really, really fine people into our program. And as good a coaches as you just named, so many of them are even better people. And I always, I always really wanted to work with people I wanted to work with. And so uh, um, anyway... Uh, appreciate your comment, but uh, we had a fine group of people that I had an opportunity to work with. Well, you did, and I know uh, Warren Hood just retired, too. Uh, Warren was instrumental, and in, uh, you think about the renovation of Memorial Stadium and what that took. Uh, that was a big, big project. Yeah, about killed him. <laughs> I, I, I remember the day. remember the day. Uh, you know, Warren can, a little sheepish anyway at times, but I remember his eyes getting big. He says, what do you want me to do? I said, I want you to oversee the uh, construction of the stadium. And he, <laughs> I said, Warren, did you hear me? Because uh, was a, it, that was a huge project, and he did a fantastic job. Did a fantastic job. Yes, he did. It's turned out uh, very, very well. Well, I'm giving away a couple of tickets, uh, Ron, to the game tomorrow night and a parking pass, and the question involves you. Uh, I want people to give me the year that Ron Gunther was the team MVP for Illinois football. All right, and I'll narrow it down. It's in the 60s, so just take a guess. And if you want to call us at 217-356-9397, 217-356-9397, and just uh, give us your guess as to the year that Ron Gunther was the team MVP. And, uh, you know, uh, you can if you can recall that, and I'm sure there are some folks out there who can, uh, uh, you can uh, guess and you can win the two tickets to the uh, game tomorrow night against Chattanooga. Uh, that's a seven thirty Thursday night kick. How about that, Ron? That's uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 seven thirty on Thursday night. But you know, television has played such a significant role in funding our programs that uh, you know I understand it. It's it's very difficult. It makes it difficult on the fan. Fan has to do a little bit more planning, but there's also an opportunity to get more exposure. Obviously. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the phone. See if we can get an answer on this. Uh, go ahead. What's your guess? Hey, the guess is 67. 67 is not right. Good guess, oh, though. Not right. Close. All right. Uh, what's your guess, sir? Ma'am. Oh, ma'am. I'm <laughs> 1967. sorry. 1967. 1967. No, is not right. But thank you. Oh, man. All That's right. You're, clo- okay, you're very good. All right. Next up. Go ahead. What's your What's your guess? Uh, 67. 67 is not correct. Man, a lot of people think 67. So it's not 67. All right, what year was Ron Gunther team MVP? Go ahead. 1968? Nope. Nope, not right. Close. 
All right, let's try again. A lot of people are all around it here, Ron. They're pretty close. Uh, go ahead. I'm getting younger. 66. <laughs> 66 is correct. What's your name? Cindy. Cindy, hang on, okay? I'll put you on. I'll put okay. you on hold. Very good. 1966. What do you remember about that year, Ron? Well, it, it was a, it, what I remember is uh, we came so close to repeating on the Rose Bowl, believe it or not. And that was my, uh, my that was my senior year, and uh, we beat Ohio State 10-9. We ended up beating Michigan at Michigan, beat Indiana, and then uh, on just a awful. Awful call, I'd call it, because it, it's never quite left me. We got uh, beat by Purdue by Bob Greasy um, on literally the last play of the game, hmm. and they ended up. I believe they're the they're the. I think they won it. I, all I know is we dropped the first two ball games and we opened up the Big Ten season by upsetting um, Woody Hayes and Ohio State in our place, ten to nine. Hmm. Yeah, it was. But it was nineteen sixty six, and uh, great sophomore class, right? And a great junior class behind us. Uh, we only had 12 seniors um, on that on that club, hmm. and the camaraderie and the brotherhood of guys that play football. I would think any sport, but football in particular. You're you're in the you're in the practice fields every day, rain, sleet, snow, whatever. Uh, that's got to be a bond that gets never broken, right? Yeah, that's that's part of part of what you you want to tell the younger guys because younger guys, particularly now with this portal, right, it bothers the heck out of me that they don't understand. One, they're going to get a great education, but fifty nine years out, and I, I'm a hard, I have a hard time even thinking that's been fifty nine years. When everybody gets together, I mean, some guys remember a play here, play there, but you do remember your teammates, and and everybody everybody contributes to the next group, so. If if some if you're in behind somebody you push them to get to that job and and it, it's 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 not a sport that's a lot of fun to practice, it's a great sport to play, and so there is a bond that develops within a a football team that uh, is second to none. So I'm really looking forward to having some of my guys back this weekend. I say my our guys back, and uh, it, it's uh, it's very special. Yeah, you think about it, uh, and I know you're involved uh, with the officials and replay and how Ron Turner was a big part yep. of uh, pushing for replay, which is something we have every day now, every game. Yeah, that was his play. Actually, it was that game that mm -hmm. uh, we flipped. Uh, and then, we, of course, we picked up Michigan, Michigan State. They had a field goal that was a wrong call. We had a guy step out of bounds. But if you remember the play against Michigan, uh, before 70-some thousand, we had we were sold out that night, and uh, we flipped that uh, kid upside down, and the ball um, was not called uh, a fumble. It was called down, and mm -hmm. it was just uh, – but that was that was the uh, play that actually started uh, our athletic directors uh, and coaches pulling together to get uh, replay. Hmm. Well, last uh, thing here for you, Ron, 1054, and I know Josh does a great job of this. It's really important for the, for the AD, and you know this, to put your coaches in a position to succeed. Right. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. Just well, you know, I mean, one obviously the marketplace drives the salaries, um, but all of the other things that surround that program—getting the right trainers, getting the right strength people, um, having your coach involved in those decisions—and obviously, uh, facilities play a, a fairly significant role. But I say fairly only in that people—it's the people that make the program. So uh, Coach B, as I call him, and Brett, you know, as he came in, I know he wanted to get his people, and I think Josh gave uh, um, Brett a lot of room 
to find the right people that uh, his, you know, his job is to win and to keep the job. He's going to need to have uh, people that are not only loyal, but he feels are the very best at what they do. So supporting a coach, it's easy to support a coach that's winning. It's a little bit more difficult for uh, an AD to support a coach that's starting out or losing. And if you think you're on um, the right path, you can play a very significant role in keeping your coach propped up, ready to, to talk to that team and his assistant coaches because there's nobody else he can talk to. You know, it's it's you it's you and the director. So, and Josh does a great job of that. During uh, Ron Gunther's tenure, Illinois captured 34 Big Ten championships, made a men's basketball Final Four, made six football bowl appearances, including the Sugar and Rose Bowl. And uh, Ron Gunther, our guest this morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Ron, great to catch up. Hope to see you sometime this weekend. And uh, congratulations again on the induction. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Ron Gunther, former AD and Hall of Famer to be here at the University of Illinois. Back to wrap it up after this. On a penny for your thoughts, we're at 10.58. If you did get some um, hail damage, wind damage, storm damage, whatever the other night, uh, make sure you reach out to Roofs by Roger, longtime pillar in our community. Give them a call or uh, go to their website, roofsbyroger, R-O-D-G-E-R.com, is the uh, place to go to find all the services they provide. And uh, I'm sure with the, the, the size of that hail the other night, you probably did get some damage so make sure you reach out to roofs by roger they've been an advertiser with us here for the last uh, several months and we appreciate them being with us and being a sponsor here on a penny for your thoughts our Illini friday today presented by our friends at osf appreciate them as well and uh, we've got more tomorrow more penny for your thoughts an open line at nine at 10 o'clock seal otness we'll talk about the uh, queen elizabeth and the funeral and all that happened with that in the future of the royal family thanks to kent brown and barry hauser and ron gunther and uh, Patrick Rouse as well for being with us today uh, on this Wednesday. Thank you for being with us and joining in and contributing. WDWS Champaign-Urbana at the Tone, 11 o'clock Central. <laughs>